Let's just be still and listen for a moment in prayer. Just be still and hear Jesus speak to you. I am with you. Together we've got this. You are mine and I am yours. I will never let go of all those the Father has given to me. I know you can't see on the other side, but trust me, I can. And it looks so beautiful. You're going to get there. Everything that is mine, my kingdom, I give to you, it's yours to live in and to use and to draw upon. I give you my authority. You can rebuke the devil. You can pray for miracles. the same power that my Father used in raising me from the dead, I give to you through the Holy Spirit so that you might live the life that I call you to live. Remember those words I whispered to you once before? I've not forgotten them. They will come to pass. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this, today I want to share with you a, a word of encouragement, a word that will help you and others to be able to endure, to persevere, to succeed, to be your best self, to live out the life that God has called you to live. It's a word about mutual encouragement. It's a word about standing together. As we begin, I just want to ask you just to kind of reflect and think for a moment. What is Um, the greatest encouragement you have received recently, whether it was this week or a month ago, a few weeks ago, what's the greatest encouragement that you have received? Just take a moment to remind yourself. Was it a word of encouragement? Someone saying, hey, well done, you're on the right track, you're doing well. Was it a word of wisdom that would help you succeed? I had a bit, did a bit of research on words of wisdom. And these are <clears throat> some things that any of you could use anywhere, anytime, and make yourself look good as well as being helpful to someone else. 
The first one is this. Whatever you do, always give 100% unless you're giving blood. If at first you don't think you will succeed, then skydiving isn't for you. And this last one I think may have been uh, given by a journalist to people in the public sphere. Bad decisions make good stories. You know, I love words of encouragement myself because it's my natural love language. And so if you ever want to make me feel good, just give me a word of encouragement and I'll just fill my tank. My wife, she has a different love language and so I can say lots of good things to Mary, you're doing well, that's great, and it's just kind of whatever. But anyway, words of encouragement is one way that we can encourage one another. Now, for you to receive a word of encouragement from someone else or for you to be able to give one to someone else means you actually need to be connected with other people and journeying with them. You're never going to hear a word of encouragement if you're doing life solo. Now, there's another form of mutual encouragement which is not verbal, but it's visual. It's when you see someone else doing well. Whether that be someone you've been kind of working with and encouraging and mentoring and you're seeing them kind of grow and succeed, or it's someone who is a great example of something that you aspire to and they encourage you to be able to live likewise. Which can go the other way, of course. You can be that person for someone else. Now, of course, that's never going to happen in your life if you're not doing life with others, if you're not connected to others, if you're sitting in your own little silo, avoiding others. Now, we see both forms of that mutual encouragement in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, that group of young Christians that Paul had been forced to leave after only three weeks because of persecution, he had to get out of the city. We pick it up in chapter 3 that Kynan read a little earlier. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves, that's Paul and some of his other team, and we sent Timothy, who was our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. And he repeats it. He says, For this reason, when I could no longer stand it, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours may have been in vain. You know, we see in this letter Paul's heart for these baby Christians his love and concern for them, like a father's heart for his children. And we see also in in the intent of Paul's letter and in sending Timothy that Paul knew the importance of standing together for mutual encouragement. You know, something powerful happens when we stand together. Things happen when we stand together that can't happen when we stand on our own. We're able to tackle things. We're able to succeed, endure, persevere, follow through. Also celebrate as well as mourn when we stand together. People grow. People accomplish great things when we stand together. 
This last week in the news, it was reported that Colin Powell, who was the first black American Secretary of State, before that he'd been the first black American who was head of their armed forces. And he had a, a great career and was known as a great leader in many ways and in many spheres over a long period of time. And one of the things about Colin Powell that made his leadership great was not his, just what he did himself, was his ability to get other people together to stand together and work for a common cause. And he worked with people with big egos who had a lot of power and influence and a lot of skill who had diverse opinions, but he was able to get them to stand together and work together. And Colin Powell's reported of saying two things to people when he'd get them around the table together. He would say, bring your best. I need your best. Don't hold back. And so they had fierce conversations around the table. It would have been a, interesting to be a fly on the wall sometimes in that setting. But the other thing he said is, leave your ego at the door. This is not about you. This is about us and a cause that is greater than us. So the first take-home I want you to kind of latch on to today is this. Don't let yourself remain disconnected or become disconnected. You know, sometimes we can start out well and we're doing life with others, but tragedy can happen, circumstance can happen, disruption comes along like COVID and our routines change. Don't let yourself remain disconnected because you cannot be the person God wants you to be. Achieve the things that God has called you to be, to endure and persevere but also to have people to celebrate with unless you stay connected. God has always intended us to do life together. We are always better together. It's the only way we're going to grow. It's the only way we're going to have beneficial influence upon other people. Now, if you're watching online today and you're not connected to other Christians for whatever reason, and there aren't other Christians around for you to connect to, then connect to us. Get on the chat. Tell us who you are. Use the connect uh, button on our website. Hello at Hope Valley on email. And get connected. Let us know who you are so that we can encourage you and we can be encouraged by you. Now, if you're someone who's here today and you're here maybe for the first time or you've been coming for a while, but you're not connected, you just turn up on Sunday and we don't really know you and you don't know anyone else, then do something about it. Make yourself known today. Say hello to me. Say, hi, I'm. Turn around to the person next to you when the service finishes and says, let me introduce myself. I am. I don't know you. Can we get connected? Don't let yourself remain this connected. My little clicker is not working, Kynan. Can you run back there and jump up? He'll be my little clicker. Thank you, Kynan. Just take a sip of your coffee if you're watching on site. Just uh, give someone a high five or a fist pump next to you just while we get our little computer moving. Thank you. So Paul goes on. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith 
and love. He has told us that... Thanks, Conan. You've jumped one ahead. Hang on, here we go. We're all good now. Yep, we're good. Thanks, Conan. So he has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. You can begin to feel some joy in Paul's heart as he talks about how they got this report back, how they, were, they missed Paul as he missed them. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. Paul, the great apostle, is encouraged by these baby Christians. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the faith, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you? And as they hear this letter read back to them a little later on, can you hear, see the joy they're going to get that, hey, Paul is encouraged by us. There's this mutual joy that becomes a cycle that kind of goes back and forth. And even though there's different roles and different status, you know, Paul's the apostle, he's the pastor, he's the mature one, he's the scholar, they're the baby Christians who really don't know much other than that they've met Jesus and he's changed their life. And yet there's this mutual encouragement because they stand together. And that's the way it should always be. That's the way God has always intended it to be this cycle of mutual encouragement as we stand together that enables each one to move forward in faith, hope and love. Recently I was on uh, having a couple of conversations with people in Pin- a couple of people in Pinaroo out in, the Vic- out in the South Australian Mallee. And one of them I know and one is someone I'm just getting to know. And I was ringing them to talk about a possible way forward for them of rebuilding a community of faith as the church has dwindled. And I was hoping that I could be an encouragement to them. But as we talked, their enthusiasm and excitement for the idea became an encouragement to me that, hey, I am on the right track. This is God is in this. And that kind of mutual encouragement really is because we're we're saying to each other, we're in this together. We can do this together. And so the second take-home I want you to hold on to today is this. How you live out your faith, your love, your hope should be an encouragement to others, which means we need to be thinking about how we are living out our life if we're a follower of Jesus because others are watching, both to those who are already Christians who we're doing life together as the church, but also to others beyond the church who are looking in from the outside. Now, if you're watching us online today, I want to encourage you to engage in the chat. And if you watch cast your TV, get your phone out that you're casting from and get on the little chat section and encourage one another. Don't stand isolated, but encourage one another with some comments, even if it's just, hi, I'm Fred and I'm watching from. We're better together. Be calm and encouragement to someone else. Now, Paul goes on in his letter and articulates his prayer for them. He puts his prayer into words. Night and day we pray most earnestly 
that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Paul's not naive. They are baby Christians. There is still so much more for them to learn and be encouraged in. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. Prayer is a powerful part of the mutual encouragement equation. Not only praying but letting people know that you're praying for them. To know that someone is praying for you is so encouraging. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell them. Even offer to say when you're with them, oh, can I pray with you? One of our guys this morning just said how he's caught up with a friend who's not a Christian who's dying of a brain cancer. And he prayed with him in a way that was appropriate. And, but he didn't kind of say, well, I'll, I'll just pray for him when I'm home. He did it with him. And then Paul prays into the goal of this mutual encouragement. And in doing so, he reminds them that they are part of a story that is bigger than their story. They are part of a mission that is beyond themselves. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May your love grow, your practical love grow for those in your faith circle, but for also those beyond. And may Jesus strengthen your heart so that you may be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with his holy ones. You see, mutual encouragement leads to individual growth, which becomes a powerful witness of the transforming power of Jesus' love and also leads to a beneficial impact upon others. Let me say that again. Mutual encouragement leads to individual growth that becomes a powerful witness to others of the transforming power of Jesus' love and also leads to a beneficial impact to others beyond you. And so Paul prays for practical love for those within their faith circle and those beyond. And that is a love that is freely given, a love that is not based on people's merit in receiving love. It's given unconditionally. It's a love that flows from the heart of God through to us and through us to others. It's a, it's a love that is lived out in the way Jesus lived it out. And Paul himself is a living example to those Thessalonians of that transforming power of Jesus' love. He would have told them the story, his backstory, how he was a Pharisee. And as a Pharisaical Jew, he hated Gentiles because they could pollute him. They could stop him from being holy. So he would avoid them. If he saw him coming, he would back away. He would never go to their house. He would never eat food with them. He would never touch them. But then he met Jesus and Jesus' love captured his heart and he began to see them differently. People made in the image of God just like him. People in need of a saviour just like him. He began to see their potential more than their failings or their ethnicity. And now instead of avoiding them, he was travelling around the Greco-Roman world to meet them, to have meals with them, to teach them. They became his friends and his family. You see, when 
the love of Jesus grabs us, instead of avoiding people, we are drawn to them like Jesus is. As someone said recently, Jesus is a seeker. And when his love captures our hearts, we become a seeker of others, that we might share the good news of Jesus with them. And that's why two of our hope values are practical service, growing in practical love, and our heart for God's mission, sharing the love and the knowledge of Jesus with others. And then Paul goes on and he prays that Jesus will strengthen their hearts. Now, he's not praying for their emotions as such. He's not praying for us Aussie guys who need to get in touch with our feelings and be able to use feeling words when we speak to our wife. Now, that's a good thing that we should do, by the way, us Aussie guys. But he's talking about that Jesus would strengthen their will, their inner life, their character, their ethics, their morals, their decision-making that would then overflow into loving service. And so, likewise, Paul is encouraging us to let Jesus transform our hearts that we might live out our will, our personality, our emotions in a way that reflects Jesus as we engage with other people. Now note here, Paul doesn't pray, when I get to see you again, I will strengthen you. He prays, Jesus, strengthen them. And so the third take-home today is this. Standing together is always a three-way relationship. You, me, and Jesus. You, me, and Jesus. You know, Paul longed to be with them. He'd said that. They longed to see him again. But ultimately, Paul says, don't rely on when I get back. Keep trusting Jesus to do that deep work in you as he's already begun. The truth is we can't live out our calling. We can't live out the life that God created us to live without Jesus. It's impossible. Even if it's you and me together and we're doing it the best we can, we're still not going to get there without Jesus because this is a work of grace. This is a gift that God gives to us through our relationship with Jesus. It comes through the power of the Holy Spirit who is given to us. It's not something we can do. It's a gift. And it becomes a place that we work from, not a place that we work towards because it is already ours. And so there was a a lady I met who was a lay preacher in the country area where she lived. But before I met her, she was a shy and fearful lady. She was a farmer's wife, didn't want to say boo to a goose, wouldn't stand in front of anyone. And yet some friends encouraged her to trust Jesus. And she did. And then they encouraged her to grow in her faith and discover her gifts and to use them in the way that God had shaped her. And in that, she discovered with their encouragement that God is calling her to be a lay preacher. And so she began someone, became someone who stood in front of others and shared the gospel in her community. There's a group of Christians here in our church in their 60s and 70s. They meet together regularly as a community group and they seek to encourage one another and spur one another on to love and good deeds. And they heard about a lady who was a a neighbour of one of our members whose husband had been 
overseas and was caught with the COVID thing and then stuck in Sydney for nearly two months trying to get back and they, she had little kids and things were just becoming a mess around the house and the yard because she couldn't keep up. And so they said, we'll go and do a kind of backyard reno for her. There's a, a young mum connected to our church who's been encouraged by being part of this faith community who's a real foodie. She loves cooking. She, she'll do a three, four-course meal for the family rather than, you know, what's the most minimum way I can feed the kids tonight? And she's discovered there's a need for frozen meals and me, meals needed, you know, at certain times for, for people who are struggling or sick. And so she's putting her passion for food into cooking meals for others. The other day, Kynan and I were meeting with Kristen, who co-chairs our church council, and we were talking about some planning and some thinking that we'd been doing, and at our best, things could happen really quickly if we get the right person, the right amount of finance, and bang, away we go, and things aren't quite kind of panning out at that best version. But because we were in it together and we're sitting down and and sharing, we began to discover, well, there's other ways of looking at this and there's other paces that this could unfold and other ways God might do this and other names that might come into the equation because we're doing it together. There's our young adults around our church who love doing life together, but not only with each other, but also with older people in our church and they're spurring one another on in faith and love and good deeds and they're stepping into things and serving. And last Sunday I noticed one of our young adults says, uh, was on kids' ministry and there was a new family here and they were sitting uh, there with their kids and their kids were a bit shy and not sure about going out. She came down the front, left her circle of comfort and went into the zone of the unknown, as they said. So, hey, kids, do you want to come with me? I'll take you out and introduce you to some people. You see, it's always the same. It's always the same when we stand together with one another in faith, hope and love and we do it with Jesus, people grow and we become a witness to others and there's an overflow that impacts others beyond us. That is the way it always happens. That's how the kingdom of God works. It is the only way that the kingdom of God works. People get better. And others benefit when we do, when we stand with each other and we do it with Jesus. And so if you're not connected to Jesus, you're listening in, you're here on site, but you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, then I want to encourage you today, make that decision to start with Jesus. And in a minute we're going to pray and there'll be a chance for you to to pray into that. If you're listening online or you're here today and you're not connected to other Christians, then make a decision today to step out of your comfort zone and get connected. And I know I've met people over the years who have become Christians, they want to follow Jesus, and they say, but I'm different. I'm an introvert. I'm quiet. I feel uncomfortable meeting people for the first time. Well, as much as I love you and care for you, I'd say, so What? That's not where Jesus wants you to stay. Get over yourself. Because there are people here in this church, if nowhere else, that will welcome you, that will embrace you, that will love on you and encourage you. Don't stay disconnected. 
Why? So that you may continue to grow and so that others may benefit because of you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've shown us what it looks like to cross the room, to make a connection because, Lord Jesus, you left heaven and came to us. And you didn't stand apart and tell people what to do, but you stepped right in the messy middle and literally walked the streets and the roads and had the meals with people in their homes as you revealed yourself to to us on your way to the cross for us. And Lord Jesus, you you never call us just to yourself, but you call us to yourself and your family, the church. And so you've not only given us yourself, Lord, but you've given us this gift of a family where we can belong and we can be mutually encouraged. So if you're someone sitting today listening in who hasn't yet said yes to Jesus, I'm just going to give you a moment now to say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Become my Lord and Saviour and begin that transforming work of your love in my heart. And Lord, for anyone that's prayed that prayer, I add my prayer to their prayer this morning. Make yourself known now, Lord. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and your love. And lead them on. But also, Lord, lead them to connect with other Christians, I pray. Lord, for the rest of us, help us to be people who deliberately stay connected and it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable, but, Lord, to see the greater good, to remember we're part of a bigger story and we need to be in it together for our benefit but also, Lord, for the benefit of others within the family of faith but, Lord, also to the world. So, Lord, build us up together. Enable our light to shine brighter together. Lord, allow our hearts to be lived out in practical acts of service together into our world. That we might not just point others to ourselves, but that we might together point others to you as their Lord and Saviour. Amen. Let's join in this last song together and affirm our faith and affirm how good our God is. Let's stand.